Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatical, gift of gab, super, super, agile, story, story from the space Come well lit. <laughs> A lot of barbecue. I know. It's a lot of kawara. Yeah. Yeah. I need to hit the gym all day, <laughs> all day, every day this week. <laughs> yeah. So any questions before no. we begin? I think we'll just uh, see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I'll give you a little bit of an introduction and then, yeah, we'll just see where it goes. Talk about your past life, your current life, wellness. Yeah. Hopefully my future life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll set up your future life today. All right. You ready to go, girl? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Good afternoon. And welcome back to another episode of Firelight Chats, where we broadcast the most super, natural, and compelling voices and stories from our Space Lab studio here in Da'an, Taipei, Taiwan. The Mid-Autumn Festival, Zhongchoujie, holiday weekend, has just passed for us here in Taiwan. We hope everyone was able to enjoy themselves a wonderful time, maybe get away from the city, the country, something, someone, or with someone, stare up at the night sky full of shooting stars and falling crumbs of mooncake, and barbecue up a harvest of food and smoky conversation with a cornucopia of family and friends, and or perhaps even completely new ones that swirl from the tantric smolder of nothingness, manifesting into something exciting, meaningful, and worth cultivating. Autumn is thus upon us, and with each change of another season, like the shape-shifting colors and textures of falling foliage, human beings often need their own fresh start to discover something, to turn over a new leaf, or maybe even just to spark a change in pace, in scenery, in perspective, inspiration. In today's episode, we will embrace the full headspace of that very consistency of change head-on, the unpredictable dynamism of life, and amidst the capricious winds of metamorphosis, contemplate the varieties, dimensions, and possibilities of human optimization and wellness. Lucky for us, our guest for today's episode is one half of a dynamic female startup duo that seeks to bring wellness to Taiwan and beyond. But above and beyond that, she's a woman with many aspects and facets with a fascinating past life in Shanghai, Beijing, France, Montreal, many other great cities of the world, and of course, a few good ones here in Taiwan, where the story originates. So, without further ado, let us at least try to scratch the surface, create, connect, communicate, and like hop, eating our match, spark up a magical freestyle of deep conversation about life, travel, hustling, wellness, business, busyness, playfulness, rootedness, wilderness, craziness, joyfulness, mindfulness, and the search for love and happiness with our special guest for this latest episode of Firelight Chats, the one and only Miss Angela Fong. Hi, everyone. Or should I say Miss Angela Fungness? <laughs> How are you, dear? 
I'm doing good. I feel I need to slow down my pace while like following your your beautiful script. You know, <laughs> we will just we'll settle into things. Yeah, because you are a busy woman, as I alluded yeah, to. I am. I know. <laughs> How many meetings did you have today? Actually, I have like three meetings right before. Are you serious? Yeah. How did they go? It went well. It went well. It was yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. It's a good start today. Nice. So yeah, we we mentioned we just uh, got past the Zhongchoujie holiday. Mm-hmm. How was your holiday? Anything exciting? It was really good. Uh, I actually have some barbecue with friends mm. in our family, and I went to Taichung. I even went to like Bai Bai to like a temple because apparently Zhongchoujie is like Yuelao's birthday. Mm. And then I mean I'm not really religious particularly, but my friends like oh you know Yuelao is really good for you know relationship and love. You should definitely go. And I'm like okay, so I went to Taichung for a day trip. <laughs> You went on a spiritual pilgrimage. Yeah. Speaking of nests, we'll get to the nests, but you went, you did it this weekend. Yes. How was this spiritual pilgrimage? I Do think, you think it went well? I think it's very interesting, but it's also very complicated. It's like, oh, you had to follow certain rules and do this and that. And it's quite interesting. But I think it's everything for me is more like a trial and experience and see and understand the culture as well. Yeah. What happened? Like walk us through it. You went to a temple? Yeah. So my friend, so I was actually in Singapore not long ago. And then my friend was like, you know, how's everything? Are you dating? And I'm like, oh no, I'm so single. And it's like, Angela, you have to go to this temple. You know, once I go there, like a month after my boyfriend like proposed, asked me to engage. It's like, you know, you have to go. So like, I was like, okay, I was telling myself I should go at least go check it out after when I came back to Taiwan. But I was like, only have one night layover. I had to go to Hong Kong right after. So I didn't have time. And then my friend was like, oh, you know, you should definitely go during the Zhongchoujie weekend because it happened to be the Yuelao, which is like the matchmaking god, apparently, mm-hmm. birthday. So I'm like, okay, so I need to try to go during the Zhongchoujie weekend. Yeah. And you did some kind of rituals. Yes. Just, I think it's always interesting to learn and try and experience. And I think it's quite cool when they tell you their logic. Yeah, you had to give like flowers and candy because sweetness. Mm. And then you had to wish for more sweetness into your life. So it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of rules to follow and the steps to do. But, you know, it's quite an experience, I'll say. What about the like the red bracelet? Yes. I've heard about the red yes. bracelet. So you also have to wish to get it. I have it in my wallet. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you can put it. You don't have to wear it, but it's important to have it on you. You need it somewhere. And then if you lose it, that's actually a good thing, right? That's what I heard from actually one of my students. She also did this. She was desperately seeking <laughs> some love and she got a red bracelet. And I think the Lao Tzu told her that, yeah, if you, once you lose that bracelet, that means love will come maybe i don't i didn't i didn't hear that you part. didn't get that I, far I, I, just, I just get the bracelet i was like just walk out okay there. just walk out i was like okay I, I i did my part so i hope it works somehow mm, yeah you were we'll get to these kind of things but your past life was branding yes so maybe we need like a revamp on this red bracelet <laughs> i think so too <laughs> They need to do better branding and marketing. Right? Yeah, I think so. Because it's kind of cool, right? I mean, like going to a temple, going through the rituals, but you just get like this little red string, so... 
Yeah, yeah. There's I, a lot of room. I mean, just like go to Japan when you go to a lot of shrines, they also have a lot of rituals, right? So mm. I think it's it's quite an experience just to see how they worship or do things, and then why they do it, and how they kind of pray and wish for good luck and good fortune. Mm. And I mean, for me, I, I respect all of that because I think, you know, as long as you feel better, you feel good in different ways. It's quite also fun to see because it's part of culture. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we will get into that as well. You're kind of a world traveler. Uh, <laughs> I also love to travel the world. So we'll venture out and about a bit as well. But maybe for now, just sticking with kind of Taiwan and Taiwanese memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and since this is the autumn, the beginning of autumn, what is your favorite season? So I actually like autumn a lot, like fall. Mm. Yeah. Because I think it's not too hot, not too cold. It's beautiful. It's breezy. And also it's like towards the end of the year, but it's like it's more relaxed. You are looking forward for like the end of the year holidays, mm. the Christmas season. So it's, it's quite nice. So did you barbecue for Zhong Chojie and... Yes. Did you eat a lot? I ate some, I'll say, but I tried to be more controlled. I don't think I eat as much as I thought I would eat actually okay yeah, yeah yeah because like i was like busy taking care of like friends and making sure like the meat is not raw <laughs> or too burnt <laughs> right exactly it has to be right in the middle yeah yeah mm. and you got to watch your figure if yeah. you want those uh good vibes to come true so yeah yeah you gotta yeah. be ready to lose that red bracelet and exactly be in the best shape for that man yes yes or woman or whoever whatever comes <laughs> Okay, so what is your favorite childhood memory? My favorite childhood memory, I'll say, I think my parents, they are quite adventure. They always like to travel, so they take us around. So we travel a lot when I was young already. Mm. And I think what I like the most is go to the night market, actually. Ooh. Yeah, because I think when you were kids, like, you just staying home a lot or like you had to study, go to cram school. And then There's I think- temples there, for that too. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But during weekends, you'll be like, the only thing you can do is like, oh, let's go to the night market. And then just a lot of things to see, to eat, and also to play, right? Mm. So I think, like, I actually grew up in born and raised in Dan area. Okay. So right I went to, like, here. a lot of Tonghuaji night yes. market experience. So I loved that when I was young. So is that your favorite night market? Can you rank the top three markets in all of Taiwan? Because I know you also have some roots in Taizong as well. Yes. I'll say Tonghua night market is my favorite because I have most memory attached with like since when I was young. But in terms of like food wise, there's like Ningxia night market is really good. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of options. It's so small, but the food is just, I know. it's all food. It's really, really good. It's really good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. I think I had my first stinky tofu that I fell in love with. I didn't like it so much prior to that experience, but I got some amazing, ridiculous. I think it's like a Michelin one star or something like this. Wow. Yeah, street stall there. Amazing. Yes. Mm. I think Night Market is like, it's pretty epic. I would say it's exactly. really good. So that's number two. What is number three? Uh, I also like Shiling, but then I feel like Shiling might change a lot. I think I like it a lot more when I was younger. I know. It's a little bit sad sad these days yeah i think it was because of covid covid just kind of decimated yeah, it, it changed a lot and it became really quiet and i don't think it's quite bounced back yet no or maybe ever who knows it's not the same i know right yeah it's really a market difference yeah <laughs> sad yeah but a lot it's like i mean a lot of things just keeping you in memory right like mm. you know, so exactly 
What about your worst childhood memory? My worst. I hate going to dentists. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. You just have images of uh, like, some guy peering into your mouth. It's just it's also the sound, you know, it's very scary. And then like, I don't like to brush my teeth when I was young. So I have a lot of cavity. Mm. So I always have to go to dentist. Yeah, sweet tooth. Yeah, it's like, that's my worst nightmare. I hated it. <laughs> what about earthquakes? Oh, yeah. I remember oh, last time and yes. I'm surprised that you mentioned the dentist over this earthquake or maybe this earthquake is just buried too deeply yeah. in your memory. Yes. But we discussed that last time that mm -hmm. you actually experienced one of the craziest earthquakes. I think it was the second largest disaster here in Taiwan. Yes. Um, a huge earthquake in 1999. Yeah, the 921 Jori. Jori, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very crazy. I think uh, at the time I actually was in Taichung. So it's actually the, the center of the earthquake area. Yeah. And then I remember that day is like the whole room was shaking up and down, left and right. It was super scary. I was like only like, I think third grade or fourth grade. Like I was really young. And then we had to like run down. And then like, I really thought that was the end of the world. Mm. Uh, like all the buildings was just collapsed. And then library next to our house is like, it's basically like a body placing, placement place. It's very scary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? So it's like a makeshift morgue or something. Yeah. They were kind of just yeah. putting bodies there. Yes, exactly. And then oh, like, because it's so crazy. dusty, right? So all the building collapsed. So you really feel like it's the end of the world. Right. Yeah, at that time, at that age, it's, it's pretty scary. Yeah. So you were in like a house or apartment complex? We were in a, yeah, like an apartment. Like I remember we were on fifth floor. So we had to rush down the stair during earthquake because it was too strong of the earthquake that we think that we probably need to go to the ground floor. Okay. You know how we were doing education? You're like, oh, when there's earthquake, you just hide under the table, right? right. But then we're like, there's no way it's yeah, too this scary this table is like moving so <laughs> yeah let's get out of here yeah, yeah wow yeah. so you remember just like running down the stairs yeah yeah oh that's crazy it's very scary huh okay so looking back on your childhood is the dentist more scary or this earthquake i think earthquake is definitely more <laughs> scary but i mean in terms of like everyday living like dentist is more scary because mm. like you go to dentist, there's not that many earthquake every day, right? <laughs> right, yeah. that's true. Yeah. But more yeah. often you have to have the trauma of the dentist. Yes. Oh, sorry to all the dentists out there, but <laughs> we love you all. I see. Okay, so you grew up basically kind of splitting your time between Taichung and Taipei or more in one of the cities? So when I was born, I was in Taipei. I was born in like Yuan, right? And then mm. I think till second grade, we moved to Taichung for like, I think two, three years. And then because of the earthquake, we moved back to Taipei. Oh, you ran away because of the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. It was too scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you pretty much grew up in Taipei and moved abroad for college. Did you study here or my senior year of high school i actually went on the exchange program through like a rotary club so i went to u.s uh utah park city actually for a Ooh, year interesting yeah 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 so is that like ski city yes so i actually so apparently i, I was one of the top students through oh. that program that year so we get to select which country we get to go to, but okay. not necessarily which city. And then that year, Rotary, I think they have like every year they have an annual meetings. And that year they want to host an annual meeting at Utah, like Ooh. Salt Lake City. So that make that year's Utah become like the top city, like the best students get to go. So oh. I was like, oh, great. I get to go to US and then the best city is Utah. <laughs> 
So it was a pretty good experience because I get to go to that international Rotary convention like uh-huh. event, yeah, Utah Salt Lake City. So everyone around the world will come. Oh wow! Okay. So it's a, it's quite a good experience, but it's just like okay, I moved to Utah. Like I think a lot of people in the state never really been to Utah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's like. But then it's a beautiful city. I live in Park City. It's like a ski town. Yeah. We have like Sundance Film Festivals. We have a lot of cool things that's happening. So it's still a really good experience. And also it's my senior year. So I was trying to like get ready for my like college application. Mm. So I think it's, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Okay. So what are your best memories from Utah? Mm. I remember I was considered one of the cool students. Oh, yeah. that's a good memory. Yeah, Why? because I was like one of like the only Asian, I think, or only one or two Asian in the whole oh, high school. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It's like predominantly white. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. And like also like you really see how, you know, the high school movies, like the cool student gets to the cool table. Mm. I was considered part of that group. And then I got asked, I think for prom by one of like the cool kids. The like cool a, dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a good looking guy. And I was like, oh, give me a prom day. So it was like a good experience it's like it really like you feel like you're watching that like high school drama movie and then you're living in it yeah yeah and you got to go to prom yeah with the not the prom king not the prom queen, but like he's like best friend with the prom queen. like it's okay. like the cool close enough yeah like the cool group <laughs> basically i see any bad experiences there bad experience um uh, no, not really. I think maybe it's more like I have to constantly speak English 24-7. And also they force you to switch different host family for you to experience different like American culture, right? So that's I think, very Rotary Club, right? Yeah, yeah. that's very Rotary. So mm. so I think it's more like you have to get used to different like family dynamic. And at a time, I think my English wasn't that great. So mm. I was just like constantly had to like force myself to speak English, understand and get used to the environment. But I guess your English probably improved a lot during that year. Yes. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, you came back to Taiwan. So after that, I actually managed to got accepted by a different university, you know, in some school in LA and San France, and then also in Boston and then in Montreal. But my parents feels like, you know, since you got into school in Montreal, you should, you should go to Montreal because we have family there. You can... You know, live for your aunt, your cousins, you know, it's a safer environment. It's also cheaper and <laughs> people are nicer. So anyway. Every single reason yes, for them. Yeah. So I end up with a school in Montreal after. But where was your dream school? Was it not Montreal? And if so, where? I was, I think I got up to go? also USC as well. So oh, I was like, oh, you, you almost know. became a Trojan. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it would be a very different me if I like study in California. Yeah, because USC. USC has a very specific culture. Yes. Especially for cool girls who date the best friend of the prom king. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I might be a different person, actually, I feel. <laughs> I know. There could be a lot of changes. Yeah. Yeah. So you think it was a good thing you went to Montreal? I actually think it's a good thing because I really like the people in Canada, actually. People are super, super nice, very caring. And I think also because the racism there is not as much. Hmm. So I feel like... No, America have- does everything the best. <laughs> it's just I think you want to have a lot of opportunity, right? Mm. Uh, we don't have that many Asians. So also like I feel like you kind of stands out. People value you a lot. I was elected as like the, I think the vice president for like the Asian club. Mm. I was also like vice president for our like business school, like student union council. So I feel like I have a lot of opportunity and 
I learned a lot during my time in Montreal, I think. Mm. Yeah. And I also applied for exchange program, which I got oh. accepted to go to Tokyo, Japan. Okay. So wherever you are, you just want to go somewhere else. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> you're always looking for the next adventure. Yes, kind of. Yeah. Now you say that. Yes, yeah. I think so. <laughs> during your time in Montreal, you took a little sojourn in, in Japan. Yes. Okay. So how was that? Where did you go? I went to Tokyo at the Keio University. Mm -hmm. It's a very good uh, private very, school. Yes, yes. So it's like I went there for half a year for the change. I think that's like one of my best time in my life, I'll say. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it's actually my first time not living at like oh, family's house, that's right? True. It's like even it's, college life, yeah, you're with family. Exactly. I stayed with my aunts. Like during the US, I was at the host family. So right. I never really lived by myself. You never basically. really had freedom. Yes. Until Japan. Yes. Oh, dangerous. Yeah. So it's really fun. It's really fun. You have control of your old time, do everything, you know, you want. And no one's going to like bother you and ask like, what time are you going to go home? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you stay out a lot? Don't I, worry, your parents are not listening. <laughs> I stay out and party a lot, but I still go back home and sleep every day. Okay. That's yeah. good. You didn't wake up in a stranger's house. No, and, yeah, never. No, not know where no, you were. No. Okay. It didn't get that <laughs> it didn't get that free. No. No, but I think I enjoy I enjoy the freedom, but mm. I enjoy being in control. Yes. yes. It's very important. Yes. It's the yeah. You can enjoy the freedom even more that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So, but it was only half a year. It's Japan. only half a year in Japan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what are your best memories in Japan? I think we're just like traveling with friends because a lot of us are all uh, in Tokyo for exchange programs. So like, we like, we do like a road trip in Okinawa. We go to Osaka, mm. Kansai. Like we do everything. Like every day after school, just like, let's go to this city nearby, take a metro. It's like each city is like their own new town. And then we try out different kind of food experience the four seasons. Not enough for it. We're there during like I was there during I think January. So we see the sakura, like the springtime. Oh yes, the spring blossoms. Yeah. The cherry blossoms. Exactly. I remember I even host like a one hundred people party during my time exchange program. I think it's like summertime they have fireworks. I organize like a cruise trip for like students at exchange program that like us, like expat and also with our school classmate, which huh. is the local Japanese. And then we had to wear like yukata to take the boat and then to watch the summer fireworks cruise together. It's, it's a really cool experience. I even invite like other school, like uh, Waseda, Waseda uh, school yeah, as the well. Other top private school. Yeah, yeah. So I managed to like host like a exchange student plus uh, top university elite uh, parties together. On the boat. On the boat, yeah. In Tokyo. In Tokyo. With the fireworks in the background. Yes, that's correct. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I tend to do that. I like to organize like big parties. I was going to say that because I know about your kind of, you know, recent life and you do that a lot, but it yes. sounds like this goes back pretty far. Yeah, since I was, yeah, in college, I was like student console, like part, I, actually high school also, I was like student body government, like hosting events and organizing things. So I guess I like to do that since I was young. Huh. Where do you think that comes from? I think it's from my family. We have a big family. We mm. always like to host like events, gatherings. So I think it's like that's something that I really enjoy. Mm. Mm -hmm. It runs in your blood. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the language? Because Montreal is a French speaking area of Canada. Yes. Japan is a Japan speaking part of Japan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. how about French? How about Japan? <laughs> 
So actually my French is horrible. I can't, I can't really speak French at all. I can't speak like I don't speak French in French. How dare uh, you, even though I you know. may or may not have a French passport. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. I think because I, I went to an English school. So mm. in Montreal, it's either you go to English school or French school. Right. So then like you don't have to. And all my friends speak French. And then because I'm Asian girl, which is one of the weird kind, rare kind, sorry, rare. rare and then, so kind. then, so then everyone's like, well, help me to translate. Well, like, you know, help me with everything. So I don't really need to speak French to get around in Montreal. I have, I have friends to like drive me home every day. My cousin was like, this is crazy. I can't believe that you have friends driving home every single day. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? From school? From school. I have like friends or guy friends or classmates. They just Drive me home every oh, single day. Wow. So you had a lot more love luck in the past. I do. <laughs> but I see that as friends, right? Like I don't, I don't, I didn't think too much. Oh, they're just so nice. And then my cousin was like, you know, like I always have to take the bus, the <laughs> snow, and then like had to walk. And then you like, you get someone to drive you home all the time. How's that possible? Like three, four years of college. And then like, I don't have to really suffer. And then just like, this is unfair. <laughs> I know it's so unfair. And then, and then riding on a cruise ship with fireworks <laughs> yes. in the background in yes. another country, yes. cherry blossoms falling romantically. Yeah, I just, I just, I think people think that, you know, like I'm a nice person, so they want to be nice to me, right? So, mm. so even in Japan, I don't really have to speak Japanese. I have friends who will speak both language and help me. And yeah. I know. That's like the blessing and the curse of English, right? Yes. Because it's a lingua franca, so you can get away with, you know, not having to study other languages if you want, right? Yeah. Especially when you're an Asian girl. <laughs> <laughs> Benefits. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So what did you study in college? Uh, marketing and international business. Okay. Yeah. So that's a nice segue, I think, into what did you do after graduating from college? So, I mean, so I choose to study international business and marketing is because I didn't really know what to study and I'm interested in those. My parents always want me to study like accounting and finance, but I don't really like numbers. Hmm. Um, so right after I graduated, I actually didn't know what to do because in Montreal, if you want to do marketing, you need to speak French. Yeah. So I know I couldn't find a job. I would never make it. I was like, okay, I, I don't think I can work in Montreal. Mm. And then in Canada, it's quite cold during winter. So I was just like, oh, mm -hmm. I think maybe I want to go back to Asia. But I don't want to go back to Taiwan because that's me. I had to live with my parents and be in control. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and also the salary. Uh, so uh -huh. so There's a lot of things going on in my head. So I remember my best friends and my cousin at the time, they live in Shanghai. They're like, why don't you just come visit? You know, it's right after Expo is like, it's oh, very, the Shanghai Expo. Yeah, it's like very yeah. different, very international, a lot of expat. Just come and then meet people. Maybe you'll find a job, right? So I literally just flew to Shanghai just to have fun, meet people. And then I found a job there and then I stay. Oh, no way. Yeah. On this little trip. Yes. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. So this is the start of your past life. Yes, <laughs> start of my past life. Yes. Exactly. So, what was this life in Shanghai? Oh, I like? think it's 
all good. I really miss my past life, I have to say, sometimes. Mm. Um, so I remember when I first moved to Shanghai, I worked for like marketing PR agency. So we do a lot of like marketing PR events um, for like a lot of fashion, luxury and big brands. So I think at the time, because it's rice in Shanghai, like, there's a lot of like foreigner, there's a lot of big brands that want to enter into China and Shanghai is their first stop, right? So there's a lot of big events, concert, party, and then literally you get to like hang out with celebrities like David Beckham, right? Jessica Elba, like you party with them, you get to invited to like the Burberry fashion show. Like it's pretty like unreal. Now I think about it. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, now that there's a show called like the Bling Empire. Mm, yes. I, I feel almost like that, right? Right. Like, you LA get to, and New York. Yeah. But you, Shanghai. I know, exactly. And it's so cool. You get to meet a lot of really smart, great and successful people. And then, Everyone's just there for the opportunity for the business. And you meet a lot of interesting people with interesting background, right? So I think start working at the event agency, marketing agency is quite interesting because you see a lot of different big events, big things happening. Like basically, I think at one point, like I get to go to events. They don't even need to check my invitation. Just they know, oh, it's Angela. Just let me in. Ooh. You know? And then You're so, a VIP in yeah, Shanghai. That's not bad. So it's it's really fun. And it's like a really interesting like because I feel like if that happened in New York, I don't think I can ever get to go to an event like that and then just like, you know, because the opportunity, right? Because mm. I get, I speak English, I'm an exactly. expat. It's like you have some access or some, like, I guess the premium. I don't know how to say that. Like, people just like, they want to invite you because you're considered like the cool people. It's a very interesting time, right? To be in Shanghai, to be part of that whole community, or you can say the bubble, but uh, mm. it's, it's really mm -hmm. fun. I know. I mean, Shanghai's one of the greatest cities on the planet. And I think during that time you were there is really when Shanghai and China, you know, at large was just kind of on the rise. Right? Yeah. They say it's like the golden time, basically. Yeah, the yeah. golden age. Yeah. You were there. Yeah. The golden girl <laughs> in the golden age. Yeah. Were you able to jump like straight into all of this, like from the beginning, just kind of like meeting celebrities? Or did you have to like kind of work your way up? I think I was very lucky because... We host events and because part of my job is like agency and marketing. So we get invited to other people's events and then you just meet people and then you just meet like the agency owner and then they like you and they say, yeah, come join us. And then, and then they also hang out with the celebrity. So then they just kind of bring you in. Mm. So you, you're kind of that part of that circle, at least within that closed circle. Right. So people know who you are and then you get invited and then you just. Yeah, just hang out with it. I just remember like we, I remember one night we went to, uh, at the time it was called a club called Eden. And then we just like, we know the owner, right? So we went to the owner's table. And then I turned around and I was like, wow, isn't that Jessica Alba? I was just like, what? <laughs> like I didn't, and then she was like buying shot for everyone. I was just like, this is really cool. And oh, yeah, man. and then I have a friend who work at uh, Johnny Walker, and then there mm. I think David Beckham have a collaboration with that group. They have like a special edition alcohol, so then they host like a big party. Okay. And then David Beckham was just there, and then we we're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. So like in Shanghai is like that. You get to go to a lot of big events, and they always invite celebrity, right? I remember mm. like Paris Hilton was playing DJ at one of the events, right? So oh, it's just that's right. yeah, it's very. I guess it's very common that they bring international celebrity to come to their events. So then at every single event you go to, you're just bumping to a like a worldwide celebrity. And then because you're part of that VIP list, you're in like pretty close distance to see them or even get to like hang out with them. So it's quite, quite interesting, quite cool. 
Yeah, that's crazy because Shanghai is such a huge city, but you know that kind of circle in Shanghai is so small, right? Yes. So, yes. Yeah, you really have that access. Yeah. Oh man, what was the craziest party you've been to during this time? The craziest party. I think there's a lot of crazy party. <laughs> like like people would perform. Dance, there's all kind. And then in Shanghai, people like to dress up, right?、Mm. So all the party you go to is always thing party, right? They have like the craziest outfit, really cool performance. And then because each event want to top each other, right? Oh, I need to top the other event, right? So then it just always it's like a new sensation every single time to a new party, a new event. Like there's a new I don't know technology they can use like hologram or、right. <laughs> like all this live. Yeah, so every single、Fireworks、time you're、inside. like, "Whoa, this is crazy! How much money they spend on events is ridiculous." Yeah, yeah. especially in those golden years, right? Yeah, because everything was flowing. The alcohol was flowing. Yes, the money was flowing. Yes, yeah, everything was flowing. I remember, like in Shanghai, it's like you're too busy to choose which party you should go to every day. <sighs> And then I think such a problem. I know, and I remember <laughs> when I was younger back in that time because I'm in PR marketing, right? People used to call me event queen because like one night I'll go to like three or four events,、like, oh, right? There's like so you just be seen at like I, yeah, at different photographs、places. at、yes. three different events. Yes, yes. It's like either like sometimes it's, it's a small event. It could be just a restaurant or bar opening, right? right. Or something could be a big fashion event, right?、It's、a massage or a Burberry event, right? So it depends on that day's schedule,、oh. you know. Oh. And then you pick and choose where you want to spend your time and where to go. And then you also have a lot of like, expat gatherings, you know, and friends and drinks. So I was quite busy, I'll have to say. Like when I'm my time in Shanghai, I think so. It's running around everywhere. Do you have to change outfits if you have like three different events and they're big ones? Ah,、uh, I usually I try not to. Sometimes I do have to, but then usually I try to find an outfit that fits for all events for that day.、Huh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what's the downside of this life? Because you know, obviously, these things are amazing and、yes. very. You know, people will be very envious about this kind of opportunity. But、yes. what kind of downsides are there? Lack of sleep.、Mm, you need that. I, no, I think it's part of wellness. We need it. I think the downside is I'm always out and about. I mean, Shanghai is also a very transit city, right? So you meet a lot of people, but a lot of people come and go. Right. So it's great place to meet a lot of people, but then actually I have a lot of close friends that I met actually is in Shanghai. But I also feel like it's very different than the other cities, right?、Mm. A lot of cities that you kind of met this person since they're young. The connection that you build is different, right?、It's、deeper. It's not only just deeper; it's just like you know everything about this person,、mm. right? But I think Shanghai is like you build a lot of cool connection, and you kind of pick and choose who you want to hang out with, and then you build a deeper friendship with that. But then you still you will never really build the childhood friend like friendship, right?、Mm. It's, it's a little different, right? But.、Mm. I still really miss and enjoy that kind of energy in、mm-hmm. Shanghai because you don't get that in a lot of cities, actually. Right. So was this at the same company? Did you stay there for a while, or did you move on to another venture in Shanghai? So I went for agency side. I also switched to a luxury brand、uh, called Limber. It's an eyewear、uh, company.、Mm. We now under a caring group. So I also work for them、uh, as like their marketing head, basically for Asia Pacific. At a time that's starting my, I'll say my flying career. I say <laughs> like I feel like I live on the air. Or sometimes like you have to go to different cities in Asia, and I had to go to headquarters, which is in Europe. I had to go to trade show in Europe. I'll say almost 
every other week or almost every week I'm flying. Wow, based out of Shanghai. Based out of Shanghai, and that flight to Europe is pretty long. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I think it's 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 a very good experience. I remember at one point my family was like, "Wow, you get paid to fly everywhere, and they pay you to go to nice restaurant to eat with media's and celebrity. Like, right. what kind of job is that?" <laughs> It's a quite, I'll say, a lot of the girls' dream job, right? As like mm. a PR person in a luxury fashion brand, overseeing Asia Pacific region. You hang out with a lot of the media, the influencer, the celebrity. You go to get to go to the nice restaurant, nice hotel, and nice event hosting events at different nice venues. So I think it's quite an experience, and it's not only traveling for Asia Pacific, right? You also get to go to Europe, the headquarters. You get to go to trade show in Paris, in Milan, right? So, like I'll say, it's a very glamorous life as well. Where was the headquarters? In Denmark. In Denmark. Aarhus. Yes. Oh right, that's right.、Mm -hmm. Not Copenhagen. Yes, it's、okay. Aarhus. Yeah. So you've been to Denmark many times. A couple times, yeah, yeah. And you have a lot of frequent flyer miles as well. <laughs> Do you get、uh -uh. to keep those? Some、um, because we fly a lot, right? So sometimes they choose a cheaper flight option with our travel agency, company travel agency. So the mileage is actually not as good. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, but I think it's still pretty good because so I complain. I was like, oh, you know, we don't get to accumulate our status. <laughs> so my company actually bought us like a priority pass. Oh, so I get、okay. to stay at different like、Lounges、airport lounge. So it's still pretty nice because I fly so often. So, how old were you at this time when the jet setter life started? I think it was like twenty four. Oh, just、I、a、think. couple of years out of college. Yeah, I. You have like a corporate credit card.、Uh, yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. you can. Ex yeah, you can I think, expend yeah. stuff. Yes, yes, and yes. stay in nice places. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, we don't say the best place, but then it's still, you know, it's reasonable. It's、mm. quite nice. Yeah. Okay, so how long did you do this job? Uh, say I limber for I think almost. I forgot two three years. Okay. Yeah. And what was the next step? The next step, actually, freelance for a little bit because I think I fly too much. I start getting sick very easily, you know, and then I, I know it's killer on the immune system. Yeah,、actually. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's、so, okay. I need to take some rest. So I start doing like freelancing work, and then that company is a U.S. brand group. They own a lot of brand. They came to me and say, "Oh, you know, like we're doing work full time for us. We're starting our Asia headquarters office in Shanghai. You'll be one of very few hire. We own a lot of brands. We're one of the largest fashion brand group in the U.S. You know." And sounds like an amazing opportunity, and then they have a very you know pretty well pay,、mm. and then the working hour is quite flexible. But you had to take a lot of night calls, right? You had to talk to headquarters in New York, so it's the time difference is not as good. But it's a really good opportunity, so I took the job. I also get to fly to New York, I think like a few times, and Vegas, and in Asia Pacific too, like a few countries as well. What about this company? You said it's a brand company that owns many brands. Yes,、yeah, so so it's called Authentic Brands Group. We call it ABG.、Um, so we own like I think almost like fifty brands now. We own like Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, Juicy Couture, Nike West, Nautica, Spider, Forever Twenty One. We just keep buying brands. We own the brands, and we own the brand IP. And I think it's a very smart company. Basically, you own the brand, the trademark, and you license out to other licensee to operate, to manufacture, to open store. So all the hard work you let the licensee to do, and then you're just collecting the royalty fee. It's just a money printing. 
Yeah, it's super smart. For that billionaire founder, Jamie Sattler. Yes. <laughs> Salter. Yeah. yeah, Salter, yes. Exactly. It's Canadian billionaire. Yes. Such a brilliant company. I know. He owns the rights to like Shaquille O'Neal, right? Yes. Muhammad Ali, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Just manages the brand. Exactly. Licenses it out. Yeah. Collects a little, a little off the top. Yeah, and then a the thing is, the for royalty fee, you charge actually for the future. It's like, mm. uh, I'm going to charge you for the next 10 years for the royalty fees, and every year to pay me a guarantee. So during COVID, we have no effect, basically, because we just charge the royalty fee, right? So the oh. rest of the world is suffering. The company's still doing very well. That is so ridiculous. It's a really, really smart company. So I was... I was really amazed and I learned so much from them. Yeah. So you didn't know anything about this company. They I, just I have no idea about brand licensing. I always thought like, oh, you know, brand is about the designer, you know, about the, you know, the brand history. And then when you come to the company, wow, it's just basically a money playing business. You just right. need to you see the no. back end. Yes. Wow. So yeah, what were you reality. doing there? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What were you doing at ABG? So I was doing uh, marketing for them and also some business development work. Some what? Business development. So I also okay. helped them to find good licensee to work with our brands or to take mm. on more category. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you do brand licensing, you basically think of it as like a Disney, right? You have a trademark. You can produce different types of category or products. Right? It could be fashion clothing, leather goods, or even furniture, mm. restaurant, theater, or even exhibition you can consider. Mm. And anything that have the brand mark on it, and then you're charging to make money, and that you can charge a royalty fee into it. What was the biggest money maker in terms of like the category? Um, so for us, we focus a lot on fashion, mm. right? Fashion and also uh, some advertising, but then fashion is still our main. Yeah. So my friend know the head of ABG in China, and then they are looking for talent in marketing and business development. And my friend recommended me, and we not interview, and then I got it. You got it. Yeah. Wow. And how long did that last? Uh, I think two years. Mm. Yeah, because I, I also at the time was like applying for my EMBA. But then when I got accepted to my EMBA, I decided to quit the company to focus on study and take some break. And then and then COVID. <laughs> mm, yes, exactly. Okay. So let's segue into the EMBA. Yeah. The Tiemba. Yeah, yes. the Tianba program. Can you explain that? The Tianba program is actually a joint EMBA between Tsinghua in Beijing mm -hmm. uh, and also INSEAD. It's like a joint EMBA program. So at the time, I actually applied for three different EMBA programs. So I didn't want to go for EMBA, to be honest. It's like actually my my parents' dream. Since I graduated college, they've been nagging me. Like, we need to get a master's degree because both my parents have PhD. Oh, I see. So they value education a lot. They're like, you need to have at least a master's degree, right? Right. And I'm like, no, I'm going to work. And I have a great mm. job. I have a great mm. life. Why do I want to go back to school? Mm -hmm. So I didn't really feel like it to go back. And then after 10 years of work, I was like, okay, maybe it's about time for me to move to another place, maybe Hong Kong, maybe Singapore. So for me to look for a job outside of China, the best way is actually go back to school. Mm. So that was the reason why. I, so I applied for three different programs. I actually got accepted to all. So the first one was like Columbia joined with London Business School and Hong Kong University. Mm -hmm. uh, the second one was NYU with LSC and HEC. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is Tsinghua and INSEAD. Yes. So they're all very elite, prestigious EMBA programs, why did you choose the latter? 
So I choose Tianba was because at the time I've been thinking like, okay, so the first two programs have more of the connection in the US and Europe. And I feel like I think in terms of the long-term goal, I feel like I want to stay in Asia and I wanted to move to either Hong Kong or Singapore for Asia Pacific role. Mm. So I feel like that made more sense. And also at that time I live in Shanghai and then, you know, like even living in Shanghai, no one know like, oh, what you, you study in Canada, we're in Canada, Montreal. Oh, okay. Okay, like, where is that? Like, they don't really know much about Canada. Like, mm. if you talk about U.S. school, they're like, oh, okay, U.S., okay. Right, Can USC. Yeah, <laughs> at least they know, right? But in Canada, they don't really know any school in Canada much, right? So then I always had to explain. But I feel like, okay, if I go to school in Tsinghua, I don't mm. have to explain myself when I'm in China. Not in China, no. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, wow, Tsinghua. Exactly. Oh my gosh. You're so smart, right? Yep. The look, the way they look at you is very different, right? Exactly. So I was just like, okay, so maybe you know, I think it would be good to like, since I stayed in China for so long, having that China connection. And, and also I don't know that many people in Beijing, right? So mm. I know most people in Shanghai. So I think it makes sense for me to build a stronger connection in China since I've been there for so long. And also I think Southeast Asia, INSEA is also a school that I always like and have a strong connection in Singapore. Right. And have a chance to go to Europe and Abu Dhabi. I thought it was quite interesting. Exactly. The school is based in Fontainebleau. Yes. In yeah, France. the headquarters. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. Did you have a chance to move from Shanghai to Beijing? Basically, I went for school only. So every time we go to school, it's like two weeks of time in Beijing. So I still base in Shanghai, right? And travel and, and travel for school, oh, right? That's right. It's an EMBA. It's so. an EMBA. Right, so it's, right, it's, right, it's right. a part-time program. So you go every two months and you go for two weeks. I see. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And you go to different campuses, right? You have you go to Tsinghua side, you have to go to Insia side. So we had to go to Singapore as well. I had to go to France and Abu Dhabi as well. So we had to go to different campuses within that two schools. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So that's like all part of the tuition. Uh, or is that on top of the... The fly and the hotel, you had to pay on top of it. Oh, are the you tuition serious? fee, just the tuition <laughs> fee. Uh, yes. Wow. Yes. And the tuition fee is probably not very cheap. It's not very cheap. But the, actually all three programs, uh, tuition right. fee is not very cheap. Yeah. Do they all work like that? They, they all work like that. You pay a extraordinary amount and then you have to Fly figure there, out how to get there. there. And stay there. And stay there. Yes. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were flying to four different campuses, five different campuses? We're supposed to fly to four. Hold on. Five. Yeah. We're supposed to have five. five right? Yes. Because at Tsinghua, I have two, right? One is in Beijing, one in Shenzhen. Mm. And then inside, I had three. But then well, I never got to go to the Shenzhen one because of COVID. So actually, we I have most of my EMBA classes I finish uh, online. But I get to go to all the campus at least one time. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I see. Yeah, because I was also at Tsinghua. We talked about that last time. Yeah. Uh, at the exact same time, basically fall semester of yeah. 2019. Exactly. Right? That's when you started your my, uh, my, EMBA. Yes, yes. I see. So when were your two weeks there? Do you remember? I think it was September something. I don't remember the exact day. Okay. I need to check. So yeah. it's the beginning of the fall semester. Yes. It's really nice. We get to go to the Great Wall to do like a team building. Mm. So it's a very it's a very good start, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. And Tsinghua's campus is so it's amazing. Beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. So, so nice. huge and yeah. beautiful and yeah. very historic as well. Yeah. The Imperial Palace in the back. And mm. yeah. 
how did you feel about the difference between Shanghai and Beijing? I know you didn't have that much of a time, you know, mm -hmm. to kind of really deeply understand Beijing, but did you notice any differences? So I've been to Beijing a few times uh, while I was living in Shanghai already, right? And I really like the people in Beijing, mm, especially the expat in Beijing. They go there not only because of work. I feel like it's also they really appreciate the culture. Mm -hmm. So like the the people there have a difference because I feel like people in Shanghai they're there for work, right? Right, or to play. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so, so you you know, there's a reason why they're they're and people are nice. But in Beijing, they have like that a little more element of like because they really appreciate the culture. There's more than just only work to go there. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so I I like the people there a lot. But I just think that it's just very annoying to like live there because like you can't only do like maybe one thing a day. The traffic there is crazy. It's like oh yeah, if you want to go from like the east to the west. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Shanghai, at least you get to do a couple of things right. in a day. Yeah, Tsinghua, you just have to stay in that same area. Wu Daoko. Yes, like, yeah. yes, yes. That's it. College area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you had to plan your day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, getting to the other side, to the east side, which is nice and has a lot of food and other things. But yeah, yeah you really have to plan around traffic. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Because I, when I was doing PR, we had to go to Beijing because all the medias are in Beijing, big mm. media. So we, I still have to go. But I just had to plan which area I'm going to stay, like which hotel I'm going to do yeah, all my meetings. Exactly. You because can't just, you can't just travel. Hotel. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too crazy. The traffic is not easy. So overall, do you like Shanghai or Beijing more if you had to choose between I, one I of still them. love Shanghai more Shanghai is like it's a love and hate city but I love Shanghai I I always feel like there's a part of me still there mm. <laughs> yes so what about this MBA EMBA program you know what were some of your best memories or best takeaways but also I guess it started right before COVID happened and yeah. then so I guess it was also kind of interrupted and a little bit of an unconventional experience as well yeah I think my best memory for my EMB I think is I really like my class I like the people in my class and also the network that we gained people are very nice and they're all very like successful smart for me i'm just like i must be really lucky to get into this program because everyone is like accomplished uh, yeah like sea level at like a major like company in china or they have own huge business and i was just a marketing person at a company like at the time right like for me i was just it's like very admire everyone but i remember one of my classmates talked to me he was like you know angela at first, I came to this program. I don't think a lot of people know what they're saying or doing, right? You know, I, I know a lot and I'm pretty senior. But, you know, I actually feel like I learned so much from you. And I'm like, what? Uh, such a senior person can to talk to me about this. And he was like, I never like to network. I never like to talk to people a lot. And I think it's a lot of times it's a waste of my time. But I look at you that you are like so positive, so happy, and you're building a lot of connection and network, and then you're sharing, and then you create conversation. And somehow it actually gives us inspiration on different ideas that we never thought of. Mm. And then I realized that sometimes building small connection or relationship, it actually is, it could be very useful and helpful. So I think maybe that was also part of the reason why I feel like it's such a dynamic group, right? Everyone coming from different backgrounds, different level, 
But then everyone at the end of the day, you are contributing and sharing and chipping in and building something together on this journey together. Mm. I think that's also the beautiful things about this program, right? It's not only the very top, top, top elites and the smart person there, but also they are bringing different perspective, mm. right? Uh, I think it's quite rare to accept people. I think I'm one of the youngest one in the class. Usually they accept people are have to be more than... I'll say 13, 14 years of experience had to be very, very high up level. Mm -hmm. But then I think they also want to bring different perspectives. So I think I was very lucky. Like I got accepted to all three programs, I'll say, but then to be able to bring maybe some new perspective into the group and also learn so much from everyone. What is a memorable thing that you learn from someone, either a classmate or maybe a professor there during your experience? I think my most member is actually our LDP program, which is our leadership development program. Um, the school actually assigned us a career life coach, right? Mm. And then they break us out into small group and then we all assign one coach to culture for a year. I really see ourselves grow so much, right? Because we have to share, it's a safe place, we have to share our issue probably in life and work, you know, and how we think we can overcome and how we want to kind of like grow, right? And then you talk about your issue and problem and then your classmate, which is your peer, they help you with like, give you a third perspective, right? To analyze the situation. Mm. And then you're like, oh, and then you start seeing things differently. And the coach will also give his perspective, right? On how he will do it. But then he will never give you what you should do. They give you a different scenario and different tools, right? Mm. And it's still up to you to decide what kind of tools and decision are you going to make. Which I think is, is very, very helpful, I think. Of this program, I think that's the most like I get out of it, and I think I really, really appreciate this program because I really see myself improve a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think we might have to clarify for some people out there. So this is an EMBA program, but yes. they offer this thing called the LDP Leadership Development Program that offers you students a life coach. Yes, a life career coach. Yes. Life career coach. Yeah, so how does this work? How many life career coaches are there? And So because we have like, I think about 40 students in our class and then they break us out into like four or five people in one group. And each group will get assigned like a professional life career coach. And those coaches usually coach for like high level CEO, like a Fortune 500, like big company. And then they give like professional advice, right? Mm. So then they coach you for almost a year. So you meet once a month or every two months, either in the group or one-on-one. -on -one. This could be online or a physical meeting, but then you can choose and then you kind of see the problems that you want to work on and how you improve. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So it sounds like this is a connection to the recent kind of venture of yours. Yes. Yeah. Yes. With a lot of, you know, life coaching and other, other kind of things like this. Was there some kind of connection between the inspiration behind this company that you recently founded and this experience with the LDP? Yes. Actually, that was actually where my idea came from. Okay. I thought that was a really good experience and idea. And I feel like everyone should have the opportunity to find this kind of culture to help you, right? Why you had to pay such an expensive EMBA tuition fee to get that experience? Why can't you just find coaches right. on like a, I don't know, a website to help you to grow? Okay, so that's, yeah, a perfect segue into this company of yours. Can you explain a little bit about this? Yeah, so I actually, almost two years ago, have founded this new venture. It's like a wellness startup called Nest Wellness. I found it with my business partner together for this big venture, right? For us, originally what we want to do is 
Okay, so let me bring back the story again. Actually, I came back to Taiwan because of COVID. I didn't know uh, how long I'm going to stay in Taiwan. And then I started working for a venture capital VC firm for a little bit to understand about Taiwan ecosystem and also to see if I can working for a VC and how it's like, right? And then I really enjoy working at the VC, right? You help bring like different good projects, interview the founders, see what kind of resource they need, give them ideas, help them with the business model, even help them to find potential other investor and also find other investors for our own VC firm as well. Right. So I enjoy like kind of bring all the resource together. I think that's part of my strength to see what's their need. What can I do to help to bring in resource and to also to sit down to integrate all the things together and make make, make sense. Mm. Right. So I think that's what I like to do. And then. So this is after the EMBA. I was during my EMBA when I'm in Taiwan during COVID. Okay. Yes. So Ventured because it's like, into venture capital. Yes. So I think that was my first time actually start understanding a little bit more about startup because I have a lot of friends that are in startup. I even helped consult them before when I was in Shanghai to do marketing consulting for a lot of the startup before I was there. So I understand, but I never thought that I'm going to do startup because it's hard, you know? Mm. It's mm-hmm. not like as sexy as working for a company, flying you everywhere, <laughs> giving you nice peg check, you exactly. know. <laughs> so I always admire all these founders. Uh, so whenever I can help, I'd always try to help them. Working for VC is similar, right? You are trying to see who or how we can help all these founders. I give them direction and advice. And then I was talking to my business partner. I remember she wanted to start like a fitness app. And I was just telling her my experience at my EMBA for the LDB program, saying that how I think wellness is very important. I think having someone to coach or finding coaches to coach you at different stage in life, facing different challenges is also important, right? Especially at the age now, after you start working for a little bit, right? Is people are sometimes still lost, mm, right? For sure, yeah. And then different stage in life, you're facing different challenges, right? So... Some people are facing like, oh, should I get kids or not? Or should I get married? Or should I even get divorced? There's a lot of problems. And, oh, I don't have good relationship with my boss, my team. So how do you handle that, right? Uh, how do you grow? So that's also the problem that we actually talk a lot at EMBA classes. So I realized that everyone have that kind of issue, right? And then, yes, because we're in the same class, we talk about it more in the same place. But I think for a lot of people nowadays, they just don't have that kind of opportunity or the platform to do so. So I was just sharing her my my experience, my business partner, and then she loved the idea. She thought. Did that- you meet her through the venture capital world, or? Kind of, yes and no. Because of my role at the venture capital, I have to go to a lot of startup events or community meetup just to meet with different founders. And then I kind of know of her, of my mutual friends. Uh, we have a lot of common friends, so. And we met briefly at big events, but mm. then we never really talked talk that much. And until just like a female founder, like a luncheon organized by Soul Girl. And then I met her there. And then I was kind of like telling her my two cents of, you know, don't do a fitness app, do a wellness app. You know, she do more coaching, helping people through their life difficulties and challenges through coaching. And I think that's a really good opportunity, especially right during the COVID time or post-COVID time. I think people need it. And at the time, I remember she was studying to be a, a wellness coach as well. So I was just like, you know, this fit perfectly, right? She do this. This is meant to be, right? Mm. So it's very encouraging of her to do so. And I was like, you know, this is an idea for you. You, could, you know, you don't have to pay for me. It's a free idea. Right. Do it, right? <laughs> 
I, I want Taiwan to be better, right? Exactly. Jiao. Yeah, Jiao, right? So so that was like kind of like the mentality that I had. And then she came back, you know, we talked more. And then at the end, she's like, I think we should really do this together. It's a great idea. And I'm just like, but I'm not sure how long I'm going to stay in Taiwan. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a founder. Mm. <laughs> you know, I really feel like I'm probably going to leave soon. <laughs> You know, um, but I, I really do think it's a good idea. And mm. then that's why at the end, I think it was like, okay, maybe we can do this as like a passion project on the side. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of how we started. Wow. So it started from you giving free advice. Yes. And then getting pulled into more than a passion project. Yes. Because, yes. yeah, once you go into a startup, it becomes a full time and like I more know. than full time. I know. <laughs> as I'm, yeah, exactly. As I'm sure you know very well. So. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. So what happened next? Uh, I think we're very lucky. I'll say the whole path that we have is very, it's almost like it was kind of like meant to be, right? Like it was pushed to you, right? Even I didn't know we we're going to really start, start out until like I met my angel investor and then decided to invest in it. And all, all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I had to really start a company. And then I met my second angel investor right after and then I got the money as well. It's almost like someone or there's a natural part is telling you that this is something that you have to do. And then I'm providing you the resource and the connection. And then we have customer client just came to us, asked us to do corporate project for them. So it's almost like you're wishing to the universe and the universe just keeps giving back to you. Mm. So it's, it's really amazing. That's why I actually told my team too and my business partner, like we just had to wish to the universe mm. and then you will happen. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of people wish into the universe, but mm -hmm. a lot of those wishes are unanswered. So yes. how did you, especially funding, right? Funding is a huge thing. You also have experience working in venture capital. You know how difficult and crazy that kind of industry is. So yes. how were you able to find funding? I have to say I was very lucky. All my funding, actually, I just received another funding this morning, actually, Ooh, uh, for another investor. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, they all came to me. Oh. I they heard your wishes. <laughs> so you went to a temple in Taichung. <laughs> is that the secret? Everyone wants to know uh, what do people need it? to do? <laughs> um, I think it's because you are doing the right thing and you are attracting the right energy and then you receive the right people. I mean, obviously, you know, you still had to work very hard. Like, I mean, I still constantly try to pitch other investors, constantly trying to, and then we don't always win the pitch or we don't always even get a conversation with all the investors. Mm. But so far, all the angel investors that invest in us, they literally, they came to us, they believe in what we're doing and they say, okay, how can I help you? Mm. And how much do you need? And then we got it, right? And we still need to continue to fundraise, I have to say. Uh, mm. We can't just only rely on the luck, right? Mm -hmm. But then I also think that that keeps us the motivation and keep us moving because we have their strong support and strong belief. And that's mean we're doing something right. Mm. Because I don't think anyone just going to give someone a big chunk of money mm -hmm. just like that. Right. Right. Yes. It has to be, we are doing, not only just doing something right, but this is also what they believe in. Yeah. So you've had three angel investors. I have actually four now. Yeah, I have four angel investors. Four angel investors. Yes. Okay. Before having to raise money, you know, kind of externally or publicly. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Wow. That's nice. Yeah. I, I really think is what we're 
wishing for. And also, I think my team, really, they also work very hard. We are trying to create good values. And I think people do see that. Okay. So yeah. can we explain about the business itself? What mm -hmm. is it exactly? Is it a platform? And Yeah. So the easy ways to explain this is kind of like a wellness Airbnb. Mm. Right. Like basically a platform that you can book for experience. Now, now Airbnb also venturing out doing experience now. True. Right. Yes. So uh, we want to offer different wellness experience so you can book different coaches. It can be one on one time, it can be group time, it could be online, it could be offline. Right. It could be events. It could be products that you see that can create that wellness experience for you. So basically our platform will kind of like curate a really good resource in wellness. And all the teachers that we found were actually we vetted. Right? We had our own system to make sure that they qualify. We do the interview, we do the trial classes. So then you get to see all these teachers, kind of like a teacher's yellow page, right? So mm. you get to see the qualification, the classes they offer. And also we have different events that we host for the community events or retreats. And we also have different products that we sell that's wellness related, like different scent or like supplements, superfood, kombucha, or like products that can help people to feel better. Mm. Right. Feel happier. Right. So I think that's what we're trying to do. And obviously uh, this is right now what we have. We are also building a web app that's launching very soon. We should have a much stronger backend system and will help corporate easier to manage. Right. Because at the end of the day, we also want to help to do more of the, the corporate side, the B2B side, mm. uh, because a lot of corporate are trying to find solution for their employee. Right. Everyone's so stressed. Right. How can we reduce their stress? Right. How can we give more benefits to help them to retain all this talent? Right. Because nowadays to retain talent is it's very difficult mm -hmm. people are leaving how do you get new talent and if you're not taking care of employee especially when salaries are not very high exactly yeah. how, how are they gonna stay right and mm. you know in the western world there's a rise in the chief wellness officer right yeah the why there's the c-level wellness person there now because they realize how important it is right if you don't do that employee is gonna leave right people want to stay in company that take care of them that's why they work hard. They make sure that I work hard and then you're going to help me to sort my problems too. And then we can grow together mm. as a strong team. Mm. So I think that's what I think nowadays as more and more of the Western culture company realize and see the importance of that, right? And then we always talk about like the happiness in a company, right? Mm. right? How do you do that? It's not only doing by raising your salary, Right. It's really actually by taking care of them, see what they need. How can you improve your life and solve their problems? Just like life coach, right? Mm -hmm. Coach that can help you with your problems and also help you grow. You feel more of the sense of achievement and you feel good and better. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned these Western companies and hiring kind of or creating these new roles, right? Like mm -hmm. the chief wellness officer or something like this at the C-suite level. This, I think, makes a lot of sense, especially from a Western mind. But how do you find this kind of culture infiltrating, you know, Taiwan, especially the Taiwanese market? I guess there's a lot more obstacles and challenges. Yes, I think in Taiwan is quite new of the concept. There's a lot of education that still need to be done. But I think a lot of uh, the magazine like Tianxia or Shangzhou, they start talking about like Xingfuxie, right? Mm. A happiness company, right? And then... There is a race and realize that you need to create a good company culture to really maintain the talent, right? And it's not only for the reputation, but also like to really have the stickiness, right? Mm -hmm. To bring them. That's why I think a lot of people love Google or Apple. They stay at a company. It's not only because they have salary, right? It's also the, the perks. The per and also the culture, right? Yeah. I think it's quite important. So I think slowly more and more company, at least they are aware 
mm. of it. Doesn't mean they're willing to spend money yet, but they are aware. <laughs> right. So that's a good start, right? I think mm. in uh, Hong Kong or Singapore, they have more of that uh, recognition. Actually, every year they have a wellness budget into their uh, HR management yearly annual budget. Mm. So I think in Hong Kong, Singapore, it's a more mature and also westernized international city in Asia. They are more aware of it. But I think Taiwan, yes, there's still a long way to go, but at least people are starting to be more aware of it. What is kind of the feedback you're getting when you know, you're making these pitches, especially the B2B? kind yeah. of arena. What kind of things are you hearing from these, you know, HR managers when you're making these pitches? I think a lot of HR managers, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know if we have budget for it. <laughs> I think that's what I have been heard. But we do have company that do approach us saying that, hey, Angela, this is how much budget I have. Can you see what you can do to help us to plan and to create some kind of program that is good and beneficial for our employee, mm. right? So I think more and more company uh, leaders, they start recognizing the importance of it. At least they're trying. And then we also try to do a lot more like workshop or speeches to create more awareness. I think that's part of what we are like trying to build is like to really build that strong ecosystem in Asia, right? And mm. then to let people know this is the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is related to education, right? Yes. Yeah. Because I was going to ask you, what do you think needs to change or how long do you think it will take here? Um, I think this part that you're mentioning is part of that kind of education aspect. But do you think there's any other things that we can possibly do to speed up this process? I think if we can, I mean, right now there's like the ESG, right? They try to talk about uh, like how the company improve their ESG and then S is social, right? So it's part of their social score as well. So right now a lot of companies focus a lot on E, so in, mm. which is the environment, but I think a lot of companies also need to look to different aspects as well. So I think hopefully this kind of like different standard kind of reports can start helping to raise awareness. And also I think that right now the government also do give subsidies to keep like work like balance uh, subsidy for companies which they can apply for to spend mm. money on. Another thing is I really think that it should be a government and also the whole HR system rules. Like for example, they actually do mandatory uh, for a lot of big companies saying that depends on the company size, they need to have psychologists to come in to do workshop for them, mm. right? That's a mandatory thing. Right. But then if they make wellness become a mandatory rules that they need to make sure they spend time to do education, also do offer experience experience, then that will definitely speed out the speed for a lot of the company in Taiwan to implement this. Yeah. But then again, I think Taiwan is the role, the politics might take some time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll take time, but mm. yeah, that's Taiwan, but we can do it. Yes. 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 You can do it. Yes. <laughs> no, I, have, I have confidence. I really think that what we're doing is the right thing. Yeah. And you also mentioned you alluded to kind of Singapore and Hong Kong and yeah. other kind of more mature or maybe Western facing or Western experienced countries. So are you thinking also to kind of expand beyond the Taiwanese market? Yes, absolutely. Reason why actually this year we've been traveling a lot, going to Hong Kong, going to Singapore a lot, because we see a huge opportunity there. And also the corporate there understand immediately right. that yes, that's something that we need to so do. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to I don't have to educate, <laughs> right, you know. Right. They understand that, yeah, we always have budget on wellness. Like mm. every year we have a budget, just a matter of how much it is, right? But then that's something that was already pre-planned. I don't even have to like ask them to say, like, oh, 
you know, you need to set aside a budget for that. So I think there's a lot more opportunity. And then we already have a lot of partners want to work with us mm. in Hong Kong and Singapore. They're like, oh, let's try to do something together. Let's work on some projects. So I think there's a lot of positive feedback that we've been getting. So I think it's quite nice. So that's why I think we want to also accelerate our process of making sure our product is launched accordingly. So then we can also onboard the right teachers, the talent to come to our platform as our teachers. Mm. Yeah. So you mentioned platform and you also mentioned the comparison between this being kind of like a Airbnb for wellness, right? Yeah. So obviously the tech component is going to be a very important part of this. Can you yes. explain a little bit about that aspect of the business? Yeah. So for the tech part, basically it's a platform that we collect a lot of data, right? So we, we try to understand what type of needs that you need. Is it better sleep, better health and a better happiness? And then we kind of come up with algorithm to give recommendation on different classes or experience that you can do as well. Mm. And at the same time, we want to create that kind of like reward system that you can see on the platform that you can also want to share more with your friends. Gamify the experience. Uh, yeah, it's more, yeah, exactly. Because I think the more wellness you do, the more you should gain, mm. right? And then you can share, you have more access to different things. Mm. So that's the goal that we're trying to achieve. And then, so that's why on our platform, that is not only that you have the logging, you have the booking, that's very standard. You also have tools that you can communicate with the teacher directly, right? You can also gamify, you can, you know, do competition, challenge with other people, right? Mm. And also you can contribute. Can we earn crypto sure. by... <laughs> <laughs> you, you learn uh, maybe the wellness <laughs> points, right? Wellness, the credits okay. that give you more You're access. Have a new coin. Yeah, to other other events, right? Mm. So I think that's the direction that we're heading. And also with now we have the AI, a lot of the events, you can do a lot of recommendation based on algorithm, based on your past machine learning training to see your pattern, mm. to give you a better recommendation. So these are the things that can help, right? To give people more direction because some people are lost. Yeah. They don't even know where to start. Right. Right. So on our platform, we also have like a lot of tools to do survey, to understand different eight dimensional wellness, like see where you're at. Right. Mm. And also do measurement tools to see how stressed you are based on this video camera that you record yourself to see your pause, to kind of like measure your stress level. So these are the things that we're trying to implement also on our platform as well, which will be able to be a good tool for the corporate side as well. Because at the end of the day, you need to kind of know, is your employee doing okay? Or are they going to quit all the or suicide you don't know mm -hmm. right how do you yeah. measure that how do you prevent that to happen right especially nowadays yeah. a lot of stress going on a lot in the world. of stress yes. yeah yes. a lot of external factors yeah and a lot of people have sleeping issues and that mm. create more stress right and then yeah. they and it can affect your work as well, their performance as well. How do you change that, right? So I, I really think that corporate do play a big role in terms of wellness. Like I think corporate should help because, you know, after we graduate from school, what do you learn? You learn from work, right? Your colleague in the culture, right? Mm -hmm. so I think that's quite important. Yeah, exactly. So where are you now? You said in terms of the tech and kind of the platform itself, you said you're planning to launch pretty soon. When is yes. that coming? We are hoping to launch around like end of October, early November. But I mean, we're mm, still doing the, the last phase the, of testing. The tone of your uh, voice went up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> end of October. Uh, yeah, we're trying. Hopefully. I think the team is working hard. Yes. yes. Jaya, Jaya team. Yes, yes. And just watching. <laughs> <laughs> she needs it done by the end of the month. <laughs> 
Yeah. So what about funding? Are you still kind of actively looking for, are you planning to, you know, kind of stretch those limits a bit more? Yes. I mean, we're definitely planning to like fundraise a much bigger ticket size mm. uh, because right now before the product is launched, there's a lot of testing, right? But then after the product is launched, we probably need a lot more support, right? In terms of pushing the product, launching, marketing, and also to maintain. That's how we're joining a lot of competition lately. We've been kind of like joining competition, winning a lot of pitches, right? End of the month, I'm actually going to Singapore for a startup exhibition. We won the top three in Taiwan to go mm. to Singapore so then we can kind of like create more awareness to find more investor and even clients uh, during that startup expo. We've been trying to do more of that to mm. gain more exposure and to try to find the right investor. I think finding the right investor is also very important. They need to understand why you're doing this, your vision and how they can actually help and support you. Mm. Not only just giving the money but also give you the resource or connection to help you. I think that's quite important as well. What about your team? How big is your team now and are you looking to add more to your team right now is so it's me and my co-founder and then we have two full-time which they mainly focusing on marketing and e-commerce and we have two part-time which one is in charge of uh, the corporate sales and the other one is our relationship teacher management hmm. and then we have another like we have one of our actually new angel investor is onboarding and then he want to take care more of the corporate sell with us because his background is also in the hr industry so so he has oh, quite nice. a lot of connections. But then, yes, we're absolutely looking for more people to support and help us. In terms of the team size, uh, we do have two tech people in Japan that are building our product. But then once we launch, we probably will need more tech support as well. Mm. Yes. Okay. Did you meet this tech people in Japan during one of the cruise ships that you arranged? <laughs> Uh, so I met the tech <laughs> thing while I was in Japan doing a presentation, actually. I was sharing Whoa. yeah, what we're doing, our vision. And then the tech guy came to me and saying that, hey, I really believe in what you're doing. I want to join. I want to be part of it. Can we do this together? So again, you put it out into the universe. Yes. In the Japan universe. Yes. And it was answered. Yes. By a tech dude. Yes. Who said, I'm interested. Exactly. Really? Isn't that amazing? That's you just cool. need to wish to the universe. Exactly. I always tell everyone the story. Like you just had to wish the universe. But it's not so easy. I think you're being humble as well because <laughs> you're putting in a lot of groundwork, right? You're flying to Japan, to Singapore, to Hong Kong and making these pitches, putting yourself out there, going on podcasts, doing these kind of things to, you know, kind of get the word out there as well, right? Yeah. That takes a lot of active energy. Yes. yes. But I don't see it that way actually I just mm. said that oh that's just something that I have to do and then it's not hard for me to do and then like let's say when I'm in Japan when I'm in Hong Kong Singapore I always just make the most out of it like I'll be like hey do you know someone can you introduce and I'll try to arrange different meetings and meet anyone I say yes to almost all the meetings that I can get mm. and then you'll be surprised people sometimes they introduce you to other people and other connections and then you just somehow just get a lot of new information new new opportunity so I feel like it's just being optimist and saying yes to a lot of things mm. and then putting yourself out there and wish the universe and then it will happen. So what about more specifically, is there something that you've really learned during this period? Because this is still kind of early days, right? Yes. And definitely it'll ramp up and new phases will come, right? Yes. But what about this phase so far? What are kind of your biggest learnings or takeaways so far? So during corporate time, I'm always someone have a very big ego and I always kind you of- You have a very big ego. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I feel like I'm always 
always someone that I always like to show to my boss, like I did this, I accomplished this, and I'm the best、okay. kind of person, right? But then when I started my startup, I told myself that I need to let my ego down and I need to learn from other people. So I try not to put in too much of my thoughts. Sometimes when I have team meetings, I do give them a lot of big direction, but I want my team or my business partner to also come up with their own ideas. To sometimes to challenge my ideas, to counter argue, or to put together maybe to make bigger, better ideas together. I always tell my team that you know since you know I'm a founder. Now I only want to hire people that is better and smarter than me.、Mm, yeah, that's great advice. You know, I shouldn't be telling you what to do. You should be telling me what to do. I'd be like, yeah, I have a big picture, a vision, and a direction. But then, in terms of how do we actually do it and execute it in what way, it should be you telling me. The team should be telling us, right? And then, obviously, we work together as a team to kind of like come up with a good strategy.、Mm. But I don't want it to be only my voice. And for me, that's something that I. Decided when I decided to jump into startup, right? That's something that I told myself I need to try to learn,、mm. because when you do startup, it's a team business. You know, when you're working for someone, yes, you can play solo sometimes.、Right. You know, but the minute I know that I'm going to startup, I need to learn. How do you do something together with someone? Especially at the time when I first started, just me and my business partner. How do I not only say that I have a better idea? You know, like how do I? You know, like <laughs> it, it, I think I think that's something that I told myself that I need to do, and which I think I've been doing a lot. I try, and then I do execute. You know, well actually on it. Actually, me and my sister, we never really have. I think there's only one time we have not even argument. We have we kind of talk about like how we feel on how we manage things,、mm. but then like we we have the same goal. And yes, we might be doing things different ways, but then at the end of the day, we kind of put things well together, right?、Mm. We balance together. So I think that's really good, and that's how I tell my team too, right? Like, don't only listen to me and what I say. Tell me what do you think, and then voice out. When I have an idea, you should come up with three other good ideas to beat my idea,、mm. right? Exactly. Yeah, there's a famous rapper, Fifty Cent, who, <laughs> who actually, I mean, is a very, also a very successful businessman, and you know, he's made millions and millions of dollars outside of rap as well. But he said, "I didn't graduate from Harvard, but everyone who works for me does." Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's this idea of making sure, and I think Jack Ma famously kind of said the same thing, right? That you know, the people I hire are all smarter than me, right?、Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really great advice. How did you learn to do that, or how were you able to kind of Curb that ego, that you know. I think is a very important part of yourself and the success of your past life, right? Yeah. So was that a difficult thing? I think、uh, working at a VC also do help too, right? You see a lot of the startup, right? You see、mm. a lot of the founder with great ego or thinking、yeah. that they make the best product, they are the smartest person in the world. Because you are on the investor side, right? You see, you evaluate a team. So because I was on the VC side before, I see that a lot of the founder have this like big ego issue. Mm. That's how I told myself when I jump into startup. I need to change. I cannot be like them. Right. Yeah. Because I will not be successful. Like if I'm like that with a big ego. So I think working for a VC and having that experience do help me because I kind of see a lot of the founders,、mm. you know. And then、mm-hmm. you learn from them, and then you're like, okay, I'm not gonna make the same mistake.、Mm. You know, I'm gonna find smarter and better people to help me to grow this together with. Yeah. So what is the biggest challenge right now that you're facing? 
I think the biggest challenge right now is, I mean, each market is a little bit different, right? For Taiwan, I think for corporate side, there's a lot of education that needs to be done. Right. right. So I think education side, but that takes some time. Mm -hmm. And also I think in Taiwan, in terms of the investor side, uh, not a lot of people really are willing to invest in wellness, right? Mm. They're still looking to like semiconducting, AI, deep tech. And uh, for them, this is something that's very like, like, oh, wellness. Mm, sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Like, okay, you know. Maybe my wife is interested. Uh, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so I think that's like the Taiwan side, right? So how would hmm. we overcome that, right, right, in Taiwan, right? And I think for Hong Kong and Singapore, for me, it's more like get more projects, right? Mm. To do more case study, to work with more corporates, right? To get the ground running, right? To have more of the expert on board on our platform, right? Mm. So so I think that there's different challenges. And at the same time, we try to enter into more competition, getting more exposure, and we do want to find I'll say kind of like institution VC firm to invest in us because I think having angel investor is great but having having institution to kind of invest also give you another statement right and also a reputation as well and then the support I get is different so I think that's something that we also are actively trying and trying to see how can we get there mm, right yeah 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 and the timing is very important for that right yeah because you have to be ready yes once that sometimes you know it's not good to get it too early Right. Even yes. though everyone wants money, but if you're not ready, it could be the worst thing to happen. Actually. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. now you're relying on some serious money with serious strings attached and yeah. serious obligations and responsibilities. And you just got to step it up to another level. Right. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. So what about wellness? Wellness itself. Um, you mentioned the eight kind of dimensions, categories mm -hmm. of wellness. Can you kind of explain that? Yeah. So there's eight dimensional wellness, right? There's like physical wellness, emotional wellness, intellectual wellness, and also spiritual wellness, right? So this is all kind of related to yourself, right? Like how you physically fit. Are you eating, sleeping well, right? Are you like happy or not internally? Do you have some kind of chief of accomplishment? or your value system are you constantly learning new things these are really because when you do all that when you have that you, you feel better right you feel good but there's also like external side right the environmental wellness like where are you at right like are mm. you feeling comfortable is this earth make you feel comfortable is like the whole environment make you feel good right I think mm. that's also environmental wellness and also your social wellness right how is your relationship with other people right how is that helping you and that can affect your mood right mm. and then we have the occupational wellness which is your career right? are you doing something that you love are you achieving right and then finally it's the financial wellness right if you're always stressed with credit card bills you're probably not going to be very well right mm. so i think these mm -hmm. are different eight dimensional wellness but if you think about it it's after your everyday life right, right? Exactly. how do you live your life well mm -hmm. in different ways and then you make you feel better and feel good right so i think wellness is not that hard and also there's always a better way to do things right how do you live better eat better sleep better right mm. and talk better right so that's why having coaches to help you right sometimes a different way it's almost like you know like there's a lot of dating master telling you like oh you know the different tone that you communicate can make a big difference how the girl avoids it but it's the truth right it's the truth right so that it's but it's not only applied for dating it's everyday life right mm. everything that you do if you walk differently breathe differently right eat differently it can make you feel a lot better right Sometimes it helps to have some direction in those yes, things, right? Exactly. Financial, occupational, environmental, the social, spiritual, intellectual, emotional, and physical, right? Yes. Yeah. Which one do you need to work on, Angela? 
Uh, other than the ego. I think I need to work. <laughs> and being popular. <laughs> I think I, I definitely work very hard, right? So mm. I think I, I spend a lot of time on working, right? <laughs> and I spend a lot of time socialing, but then I feel like I also need some of like my own personal time and also like, I guess, relationship. I think that's also very important, right? There's a study saying that when you have many friends or when you have few very deep relationship friends, mm. the growth that you have is actually much bigger with the deeper relationship people. Yeah. So I think that's why. Are you why more I'm the former sure. or the latter? Do you have <laughs> like too many friends and not so deep or a few friends and they're very deep? I think I have both. I have, okay, I meet a lot of people, right? I, I know a lot of people. Uh, you I even have, know a lot of people uh, that you don't even recognize them when they see you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, I know. It's really bad. Uh, but I but I also have a few like close friends, right? Mm. Which I don't necessarily see them very often. They're like not in the same city. But I also feel like relationship, a meaningful relationship really do help, right? Uh, mm. Having a boyfriend or having uh, your life partner able to grow together. I think that's very, very important. This is a perfect public announcement right now. <laughs> For any boys out there, if you can believe it or not, this powerful, amazing woman here, beautiful woman, is single. <laughs> yes. Why is this? I think it must be because you're too busy. I'm quite busy. I'm quite busy. Yeah. And then I I don't know why. I'm too passionate <laughs> at work. I always end up talking about work or like related myself or related themselves about like wellness. Oh, that's funny. So some guy's hitting on you and you're just like in business mode and you don't even notice the signs. I maybe. don't, you know, I don't. And then, <laughs> and then they're telling me like, you know, they are stressed. Well, like, and I'm like, oh, you know, like when you're stressed, sometimes you can do this, you can feel distressed and then you can't. But all they want is your number and probably a, yeah. a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> Angela, yeah. you gotta wake up, girl. I know. I'm, I'm too deep into this wellness business. <laughs> but that's a startup life, right? Yes. Yeah. It is. Okay. So, what is your ideal man? My ideal man, this is too hard to answer. I have a long list. We are putting it out there in the universe. We are taking <laughs> yes. your lesson and yes. putting it out there in the universe. Yes. So, I really think that someone who is well, right? Wellness, right? You mm. have to be mentally physically Jeez. you know well it's All important right? so you're gonna be like <laughs> you're gonna be like spinning this wheel and making sure they match just i think it's, it's you need to also be like we have to be a very happy person mm. right and then we just mean you need to be a good person like a wellness person right and that for me that's important and also like someone that is able to work things together as a team mm. right like you're not gonna give it up on each other you need to work things together and then support each other and also to grow together for mm. me that's important i think someone that's similar background like quite international understand the perspective because i think i like to get a lot of ideas and thoughts because of my background my experience and i hope he can also understand mm. where i come from and then he also can relate i think that's quite important another thing i think is really reliable yeah responsible and reliable that we can trust each other i think trust and a good communicator too yeah well that's why there's like two percent of guys out there with all those qualities <laughs> and humor <laughs> need to make me laugh 
<laughs> exactly. Yes. Humor is important. Humor is so important. Which one is the most important? I mean, obviously for wellness, we want to be as balanced as possible, right? Yeah. With these eight dimensions. Mm -hmm. But are there any particular kind of weaknesses for you, right? These weak points where if a guy can make you laugh, it's like, oh, that's my weakness. Or I, I think, yeah, I think my weakness. financially can... well, you know, or if they're physically fit and well. You know, there's a lot of qualities in a man. What is your biggest weakness? I think my biggest weakness is, is can make me laugh and being spontaneous. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like I meet a lot of people, right? And a lot of like good people out there, right? But then I feel like sometimes I'm more attracted to the guys that can really make me laugh and being spontaneous because sometimes it's so rare, right? To find those kind of people. And then not everyone can get your humor. Or not everyone can make you laugh, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah and, then, and, then, <laughs> and then I think that's like the small everyday life happiness mm. that you get, you know? What about spontaneity? Why spontaneity? Or do you have any particular memories in your head? Of, I had. Oh, I had. you did? Yeah. Yes. So I remember, I think the first guy that I really fell in love like long time ago okay and then I remember we met and then just everything he said was just like it's so funny and then he was like okay let's hang out and then we go to a bar and then we're just like sitting down and watching the live band playing and all of a sudden he stand up and he walked to the band and talked to the band and then he started taking the guitar start playing and singing oh that dirty man you know, that's a dirty then, trick that's <laughs> Bernie, That's too like, good. Whoa. And then he just like played the guitar singing to you, right? In the no, bar, he right? he didn't. How dare this guy? Well, it's like, whoa. And then I remember after that, you know, we turned the guitar back and then we started chatting again. And then I think he liked one of the songs. All of a sudden, he just like hold my hand, pick me up and start dancing. No one is dancing in the bar, okay? Just us dancing. But that's really like the memory that you have. Like oh. I never had anyone being like that. And then you, it's so special, so and memorable. And he's like, let's go fly somewhere. And then he, <laughs> he actually flies the plane. You're looking for the, the most interesting man in the universe. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to find. I think dating is hard. And especially nowadays, I think with the rise of dating app and I'm mm. horrible at texting, I'm I'm the worst person to text to. Every time I make my friends message me, they're like, Angela, long time no see. How are you? Let's meet somewhere or something. And then my answer will be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> because for me, I'm just like, yeah, sure. Just let me know when and where mm. and I'll be there and then we can catch up, right? Yeah. Okay. It's better than no. <laughs> yes. But then I remember my friend, she was like, Angela, you know, it's because I know you for so long. Otherwise, I'll think that you hate me. Like your response is either okay, sure, and where. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Have you always been like this? Because this sounds like, you know, just like a busy founder, CEO type of behavior that is necessary, right? But I think I'm always like this. Oh, you've always been like this. Because I think, you know, back in the days in Canada, I remember this, right? Texting is very expensive. They charge oh. you by the, the text, like the character. Oh, I so see. Then, so then I always, it's like a BRB, TTYL or TY. Just every time we just shorten everything that we said as That's short as funny. possible. Yeah. And That's I'm like so the beeper used days. to Yes. I'm so used to that. So that every I text, I feel like just getting the points across and then you meet and right, talk and in not person. not spending too much money. Yes. Not, not, they, you don't understand. Like, uh, like it's very expensive in Canada. <laughs> the, the telecom service is very expensive. Oh my god. And goodness. you're just a student, you know, and then I'm so used to short text. 
habits. So I have that habit since then. So even with my ex-boyfriend, I remember like, they're like, okay, let's just do voice message or call because like, like they can't text me. They can't, they can't stand your text. <laughs> they're so confused by the yeah, end. Yeah, it's just they like- They need to hear your voice. Yeah. Reassure them. Yes, exactly. you still I don't like know if you're like, okay. <laughs> So what about dating apps? You mentioned dating apps. Have you I have downloaded. gone down the rabbit hole? It's just so hard because I don't text. <laughs> <laughs> okay, miss uh, founding a, a tech startup. Uh, <laughs> and you don't text. I'm horrible. You don't like apps, basically. No, I don't really like you just these. create them. I yes. Yes. I mean, actually, my team creates them. That's true. That's true. The, one, the smarter ones, right? Yes, Let yes, them do it. Yes. <laughs> So the dating apps don't work for you. Doesn't work. I guess it's quite difficult, especially given your requirements, right? Yeah. Um, your ideal requirements. I guess it's quite difficult here in Taiwan. Yes. Especially. In Taiwan, I think it's very hard. Mm. I think it's already hard to find people have like international or like similar background to me. It's quite hard. Mm. And on top of that, to find someone that is humor and can be spontaneous and, you know, and kind is not easy. And usually those kind of guys have a lot of girls around oh. them, right? <laughs> they don't even need to look true. in Taiwan, right? That's how it works in Taiwan. Yeah. Those guys are here. Yes. They just have like eight different girls. Probably, <laughs> oh, more eight. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more than eight. Probably more than eight. They are very well. They yes. have a spiritual girl, a social girl, a physical girl, yes. occupational girl. <laughs> yes. They probably have multiple girls in eight different categories <laughs> to hang out with. <laughs> oh, goodness. Exactly. So, yeah, I think you just need to really be in a big international city. Like That's Shanghai. everyone said. Yeah. 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 And you did have experience, you said, in New York City. I mean, visiting kind of the headquarters of yeah. the ABG. So did you spend a considerable amount of time in New York City? No, every time it's like a short trip, it's like okay. two weeks. So it's not too long. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. still your favorite big city in the world is Shanghai. Shanghai, yes. Okay. If not Shanghai, where is the next international destination? If you were to live somewhere, where would it be? If it's not Shanghai, I think I'm quite open. I'm someone that can live anywhere. I always thought about Singapore or Hong Kong. I mean, I don't know. I I have like a love-hate relationship with Hong Kong, I feel. But yeah, I'm quite open. I feel like it's where the opportunity takes me. Like if works take me there, I can be there. I don't, mm. I can be anywhere. I can live anywhere, really. Singapore and Hong Kong make sense, especially from the business perspective. Yes. What if this business takes off and you get a huge exit, you make your millions or billions, mm -hmm. um, and then you are free now mm -hmm. to settle down somewhere? You'll probably actually end up flying around everywhere. But <laughs> if you actually had to settle down in a big international city other than Shanghai, where would it be? Oh, that's so hard. Oh, that's really hard. And all the men in these this city are listening. So all the spontaneous, <laughs> humorous men. Um... Uh... Actually, I don't know. Mm. I think it's a very hard decision to make. I like living in different places. I even told my friends like, oh, it would be nice to just, you know, stay one month in Bali every year and then three months in, I don't know, Tokyo every year and another six months in Taiwan every year and another, I don't know, four or five months in other places like Singapore, Paris, London, anywhere. Mm. Like, 
I don't really have a ideal place that I really have to stay, but I think it's really depending on my the other half, right? Like mm. I think home is where your family's at, right? So I think it's the partner that you have and see how you guys can build to make that home for you guys. Mm. Yeah, so family is very important to you. Yes, you want children. I do, but then I'm also okay to adopt children as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'm very good with kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how many? Uh, you mean to give birth? <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It depends. You know, oh, that's funny. I see. <laughs> yeah, but so I, I do. What's the I max love kids. in terms of uh, how much your body can handle popping out? Uh, <laughs> to give birth, I think the max I can have is maybe two or three. Okay. Yeah. But then to adopt, I think I can have more. I mean, it depends on financial condition, right? right. I think. But I'm also okay to not have kids, right? Mm. Like I do love kids, but then I'm also okay to, you know, play with my friend's kids, my brother's kids, right? Like I'll go to an orphan to help. Actually, my childhood dream job was to be a kindergarten teacher. I do love kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it seems like you're very open and flexible about those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Like mm. you don't have to force it. I mean, I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, you should froze your egg. You should do this, you do that. Right. And I feel like, yes, there's a lot of things that you should or you can't do. But also a lot of things that it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And then mm. you don't have to force it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Especially here in Taiwan, right? Because there's a lot of pressure about that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like have kids. If you have kids yet. <laughs> every every uh Jung Choje or Chinese yeah, New Year especially. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. So it shouldn't be that difficult. You just need a humorous, spontaneous guy. Otherwise, it seems like you're pretty easy. So I'm pretty I but I do have standard a lot. Like <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's, like, that's the secret right there. Your standards are too high, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I have standards. I don't think it's very high, but you know. <laughs> okay. So out of all of these eight, we just mentioned the environmental, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, kind of where to live and other things like this. And yeah, ideally for you, you just, it seems like you're a traveler and mm -hmm. you're interested in, as we said from the outset, interested in culture and languages. And so environmental, I think is very broad, right? Yeah. So maybe we'll just kind of go around this wheel of wellness and then whatever comes to your mind, whatever you'd like to say about it, you can do that. So but, but, but it about for guys. <laughs> what, exactly. Whatever comes to mind. So this will be a nice, nice little uh, Rorschach test of uh, where your mind's at right now. So, so emotional wellness. Okay. I think emotional is very important. Someone that know how to handle your emotion, right? You know how to communicate, you know how to handle it and understand why you get angry, mm. right? And how do you manage your anger and then to kind of rationalize it. Not a lot of people know how to actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you get angry? Uh, I think I do get angry, but then I usually kind of like... I know that I'm angry and be like, okay, I need some air. I need to like take a walk or go to the bathroom or like, really? yeah, to, to chill a little bit. And then I can like uh, reconversate the same situation again. Right. Because I think there's no point to communicate when you're super angry at certain thing, unless... For example, like someone is like hitting someone, like someone is like, then you gotta be like, okay, dude, what are you doing? Right. Mm. You know, otherwise I want to try to like make sure that I'm calm and to rethink the situation before I say anything. Mm. Yeah. Do you have a favorite emotion or a least favorite emotion? I think my favorite emotion is excitement. Ooh. Like excitement to unknown and things. That's why I think I like spontaneous. Exactly. Yeah, I was yeah, about you know? to say yeah. that's okay. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. 
So what about financial? Financial wellness. Financial wellness, I think, is like you feel comfortable with your financial situation, right? You're not worried. You have, you know, like certain income and then certain investment that you feel, you know, like even though if I don't work for a little bit, I'm okay,、mm. right? And then you feel safe, and then you don't have to stress about like looking at menus, like oh my gosh, how much is this? Like、mm. you know what I'm paying, right? Or you can't really buy the things that make you happy, right? I think having that stability is also important. Money or power? Which one is more important? Ah,、huh. that's a hard question. Depending on the situation, <laughs>、mm. yeah. Like for elaborate, ex- please. <laughs> no, for example, like if you have the network connection, you don't have to be very rich, but then it can get you a lot of places, right? Connections, right? Like for example, actually, I think a lot of influencer are not very rich originally,、mm. but then they are connected, and then they become powerful, and then they get a lot of things for free, right? So, so that's not even power, huh? That's like maybe it's power, power it is, of like charisma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think you're full of. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, I see. All right. So, what about intellectual? Intellectual wellness. What does it mean to you? What is some good advice you've heard, or you know, what comes to your mind when you think of intellectual wellness? For me, intellectual is about like you're always learning,、mm. wanting to be better and improve, right? So I think that's like intellectual wellness. Like, are you always kind of like how can I be better person, improving, studying,、mm-hmm. uh, reading, right? So these are all the things that can make you a more intellectual person, right? Yeah. How important is that for you? It's、Either for yourself、important. or for your partner. It's it's very for、important. that guy listening right now. Yeah. yeah, I think intellectual is actually very very important、mm. because I think you have the intellectual wellness. That's why you want to improve and be a better person and be a more wellness person.、Mm. It all start from there. Right. Yeah. And maybe they'll be able to make you laugh more. Yeah.、Right? Yeah. And also, like, <laughs> you'll be able to grow together because you know you know how to you know exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, what about spiritual wellness? I think spiritual wellness is important, but not everyone understand. I see it more as like your value, what's right or what's wrong. I think you need to have like important like ground base to have a good value system. But then like not necessarily everyone believe in religious or had spirituality. But I think it's good to have that curiosity, right?、Mm. So to learn to explore again. That's for me is tied into that intellectual. Are you willing to explore to learn to understand, right? Have you ever had like a deeply spiritual experience? I have. I have many actually. I can just say one of it. Actually, working with our teacher, right? We have a lot of teacher. They can do like hypnotize, you know. And then I think when you are very open, when you trust the other person a lot, I would say you are very easy to being hypnotized, right?、Mm. And I'm someone like that. That's why the people say that. Oh, you're actually very spiritual. It's because I'm much more open and much more willing to trust other people.、Mm. And that's actually a lot of people don't know about this about me. Actually, I don't drink. I'm allergic to alcohol.、Mm. Uh, and then everyone was just surprised. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Okay,、mm. yeah. So everyone just surprised that. Whoa, how come you don't drink? And then how can you be so like high and happy while、right. you're like out? And yeah, I'm like, other drugs. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just for me. It's just I'm natural high. I just need music, and then I don't need any substance to make you feel comfortable、mm. at an environment. I can be at ease at any environment, any situation, and be myself. And that's why I can be natural high because I don't need other things to make me relax. And that's why I'm much more open, and I can be very. Spiritual because I can ease into the environment and the people quite easily.、Mm. Yeah, I like that you mentioned music because I think yeah, music is often quite a spiritual experience, right? Yes, especially like with a group of people listening to the same music, it can be a deeply spiritual experience. Yes, yes right. Yes. 
Okay, nice. So what about social wellness? Social wellness, I think for me is important because I enjoy communicating with other people. But I also know that not everyone likes to social. But I think it's about can you be a good communicator, mm. right? And do you know how do you handle different emotion while you're communicating with other people? Mm. I think that's more important. Right. Yeah. So we have two more. Physical wellness. Physical wellness, I think is important because if you're not fit or if you're not healthy, you will not be happy. I think your physical can affect your mood, your sleeping, right? Like for mm -hmm. example, I sleep very well. I can sleep anywhere. <laughs> but a lot of people are not like that. Mm -hmm. And then they become moody and then they will have like low energy mm -hmm. or bad emotion mm -hmm. that can affect your everyday life. Everything. Yeah. Everything is related to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's important. So what about about related to physical what about kind of sports or other things what is the kind of big physical activities or things like this in your life mm, so i'm actually so i was never like a very fit person i'll say like all my ex-boyfriend are like outdoor or they do like weight competition or like they do like i don't That's know your like high standards <laughs> iron man you know like <laughs> they do a lot of sport so usually all my ex-boyfriend were the one that like inspire me like let's go work out let's this and so i think it's good because that motivate me i'm more someone that i like to sleep a lot mm. for me a lot of my wellness is through sleeping and like just eating well sleeping well and be happy right but then mm. i think for my past experience uh my ex-boyfriend are the one that kind of like taking me out let's go hiking let's mm. go run let's go to the gym and then that actually do make me feel happy but then i think i like team workout right mm. i think it's i don't like to do it by myself right i think it's something that i enjoy to do when i'm with other people together and we accomplish something together okay we're narrowing down the <laughs> the potential candidates here <laughs> So all you fit, spontaneous, humorous guys out there without eight other girlfriends, <laughs> contact this girl. So the final one, and I think it's pretty awesome because we're going around like this circle literally on your website, but it also kind of comes full circle to this podcast. You know, we're talking about your career, you know, work, your business and all of these kind of things. And this final one also comes full circle on this circle of wellness, which is occupational. Yes. So what about occupational wellness? I think it's important that everyone have their own passion. It doesn't matter if it's your real job or your, your side hustle or your passion, because I think that made you charming, mm. right? You know, you're good at something, right? And then work hard on it, right? You have sense of accomplishment. And then when you do that, you also feel like you're doing something very meaningful. Mm. Yeah, you're contributing to the society. You're doing something at least very rewarding that made you feel good about. I think because we spend so much time every day at work. Actually, majority of our time we spend is either working or be sleeping right mm. so then i think work become a very big part of life mm -hmm. and then so if you don't have a very happy work situation or you're not passionate about it then you just almost it's like a zombie you know you're not happy you're just doing something routine you're not passionate then a big part of your life are in the not so happy status and then it's not very good not very healthy so do you think you could ever see yourself retiring <laughs> You've been uh, hustling throughout this podcast, throughout yes. your life today with a bunch of meetings and other things. So can you kind of envision that or do you see yourself just being passionate, working hard till the day you die? 
I think I can see myself still working even though I retire. Mm. Doing something that I'm very passionate about, helping people, supporting people, or volunteering. I think I'm someone that I can just do nothing. I feel like that. Exactly. Yeah. But sometimes I do feel like it's nice to go on vacation just to do nothing sometimes, mm. but not like every day. Not every day, not yeah. too much. Yes. Really? Yes. I mean, you have to you have to do something that you you're passionate about, you're happy about, you feel meaningful about mm. that keep your life going, I think. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so finally, what about kind of the future? If again, you get this nice exit out of this, um, <laughs> not not to put this behind because obviously this is a continuous thing, mm -hmm. right? And hopefully it will keep growing, right? But if, if in the future or when in the future, what are some of those things where you can kind of see yourself putting your energy and passions? I think one day, if possible, ideally I would like to maybe continue to work for a, a VC firm, but maybe a wellness VC mm. to help other wellness startups, like founder, to give them re more resource, right? To share what I have done or what I, the obstacle that I have and how, you know, maybe they can accomplish or they can do better, right? In mm. the future. I think, you know, working at a startup is very hard, but you're doing something you believe in and passionate about and meaningful and you're helping the society. And if one day I have that power, I have that kind of financial stability, I can also do to help other startups as helping the wellness industry. I think that would be something that I'll love to do. Mm, nice. Yes, that's a beautiful message, I think. Where can people find more information if they're interested in learning about this company or about you? You can find us on LinkedIn, which is uh, Ness Wellness on Linkings, N-E-S-S-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S. -E -S -S. And then we have our website, which is www.ness.com. -E -E or you guys can find also on our Instagram, which is Ness.Wellness. Or my personal LinkedIn, which is Angela Yue Fang. And I do have Instagram, but... Uh, but you're just going to have to stalk her to figure out where that is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, email me. Email. <laughs> it's Angela at nesswellness.com. Or, you know, you can always, you know, message the podcast, exactly. right? To figure it out and then to form more. But then you can really easy to find me on LinkedIn, social media quite easily. And then our website, we also host a lot of events and workshop. Yeah. And you will, yeah, you will be able to see her. She's hustling. She is hustling. So if you are in Taiwan, you will see her. She's hustling. If you're in Hong Kong, you will see her because she's hustling. Or Singapore or Tokyo or Shanghai or Beijing or Fontainebleau, France or Montreal. Everywhere. You can catch her if you can. But yes. yeah, she wants to be caught too. So if you're the right guy and meet all the requirements, give it a try. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Awesome. Amazing. So yes, thank you so much for coming in here and sharing your amazing stories and your insights. You know, your experiences are really, I think, inspirational for not only women, I think young women, I think it's very inspirational, but I think anyone who's interested in wellness, interested in business and interested in love as well. I think these are all very interesting conversations. So thank you so much for sharing them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again. Have a wonderful day. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.